Hey there, it's Olivia Allen Price, host of Bay Curious, the podcast. KQED Podcasts wants to thank listeners like you whose support makes this podcast possible. If you want to help us continue to make great content, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcasts. And thanks. From KQED. You might head to the beach town of Half Moon Bay for the surf, sand, and sun. But an adventure awaits those who peel off Highway 1 and take a windy road up into the hills. You'll find working farms and ranches and old homes from the 19th century. Some still lived in, others not so much. All in all, it's a splendid way to spend a leisurely Sunday afternoon. But for a real adventure, drive up Verdi Road, just a little ways, not even a quarter mile, and you'll find a cemetery that used to be part of a town. A town that no longer exists. What happened to the ghost town of Parisima? I know that it was intended to be like a much bigger town, but the, like the railroad didn't go all the way there or something. Julia Tholog of Montera is a local teacher and choreographer who's been aware of the cemetery for years, but wants to know more about its backstory. I don't know anything about who lived there or why they left, because like, that's, I think, the thing that's most interesting to me is why it became a ghost town. Hey, everyone. I'm Olivia Allen Price, and this is Bay Curious, the podcast that explores the Bay Area one question at a time. This week, we're answering Julia's questions about Parisima, the little town that was, until it wasn't. We'll be right back. Support for Bay Curious comes from Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Committed to brewing things the right way since 1980, because when you're a family-run brewery, there's no other way to do it. Sierra Nevada Brewing Company, still family-owned, operated, and argued over. And be sure to stay tuned through the end of the show so you can play our monthly trivia game for a chance to win some cool prizes. Hi there, I'm Randa Dilfattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. In recent years, places like Half Moon Bay and Pescadero have been swamped by tourists. But you can still see signs of sleepy, bucolic 19th century San Mateo County if you know where to look. We sent KQED's Rachel Myro to check out a town once considered a hot spot on this stretch of coast. If you weren't looking for the Parisima Cemetery, you would totally fly right past the two signs facing the road. And by then, you'd have already passed the town. Because much of this space is overgrown with poison oak and Monterey cypress trees dripping with moss. We're looking at a little lithograph here showing the town of Parisima in about 1875, something like that. 
That's Mitch Postal, president of the San Mateo County Historical Association. But the nearly 150-year-old sketch of Parisima's main square turns out to be not so much help in visualizing where we are in relation to the town that no longer exists. For one thing, the roads around here have moved over the decades. So we start by reading from a plaque laid here in the 1960s. The town, with store, school, hotel, saloon, dance hall, harness shop, and blacksmith shop, flourished from the early 1860s until the age of the motor car. Actually, I would say it was just a little bit of an exaggeration to say flourished from the early 1860s from the age of the motor car, because it was certainly up and down. It was also pretty much washed up by the turn of the 20th century, though not entirely abandoned until the late 1930s, sometime before World War II. The first written mention of the area was by Spaniards on the Portola expedition of 1769. The country had a gloomy aspect. The hills were bare and treeless and consequently without firewood. On the northern side of this stream, there were some abandoned Indian huts. Diary of Miguel Costanzo. Remember, these were the first Europeans known to explore California. So if the huts were abandoned in 1769, the Ramaytush Ohlone peoples who lived in them were already gone. They might have left for any number of reasons. Key people in the settlement dying, leaving to marry, opting for better fishing down the coast. But it wasn't long before a bunch of European-style villages sprang up on or near the coast wherever there was a creek, often on the very spots where the Chiguan and Kotogen who lived in this area had been. And when I say villages, I mean a clutch of farmhouses, barns, maybe a school or a stagecoach stop. Around 1868, a German immigrant named Henry Doble bought a thousand acres and built a mansion on the south bank of Parisima Creek. This place was huge and opulent. 17 large rooms, indoor plumbing, imported carpets, even a ballroom. There isn't much in the historical records about Doble's personality or that of his wife, but it is widely believed Doble made his money off the first restaurant to serve waffles in San Francisco and that he built many of the buildings in Parisima, like the saloon across the way from the mansion, and that the Doubles employed 50 men to farm wheat, barley, and potatoes. So something was beginning to happen in Parisima, four miles to the south of a much bigger, more established town we call Half Moon Bay. Half Moon Bay was known as Spanish Town because that was a place where a lot of people uh, that were of um, Mexican heritage, Spanish heritage, they wanted to get away from what was happening with the Angloization of California and so forth. They wanted to have a place. A diverse group of people moved to Half Moon Bay in the years that followed, many of them Roman Catholics, and it's a tale as old as California when the Protestants made their way to the coast. They didn't feel quite comfortable in Spanish town. And so they created another place, just a little bit further south, but right on a creek, a little bit inland, and that's Prisima. Over the years that followed, the people of Parisima farmed and logged redwoods in the nearby Santa Cruz Mountains. Some oil was discovered under the ground, but as elsewhere in the region, it just wasn't enough to make anybody rich. And there were several devastating crop failures, not to mention the time the Parisima Creek flooded. 
Henry Doble, the town's biggest employer, went bankrupt. He was forced to sell his estate in 1890. He died in 1891. Both he and his wife were buried in the village cemetery, along with a sobering number of people who died young, much younger than the Dobles. What killed people back then well, at such young ages? Yeah, d- diseases of all kinds. Of a lot of the young women that you might see that are buried here could have died in childbirth. People had riskier lives. Yeah, farming accidents, logging accidents. You know, those kinds of violent kinds of things could happen too, but I think most of it was disease. I mean, it's it's interesting. We we think of uh, this area today as a very, very pleasant, mild coastal climate, you know, lots of things and easy striking distance. but uh, it's, it's clear that it was not an easy life for a lot of people who lived here. You know, especially a farming, a farming community, because, you know, medical kinds of assistance was very sparse. You know, there was, there was a town doctor in Half Moon Bay, and there might have been one, well, there was one in Pescadero, too. But that's a lot of miles between um, some of these remote farmhouses and, uh, and a doctor. In the end, Parissima lasted all of 70 years, give or take. Because the town was never officially incorporated, we don't know the population figures. The gravestones feature some of the big-for-the-coast Protestant names of the 19th century, though. Doble, of course, and Hutch, and Johnston. Heads up to our question asker, Julia. The Ocean Shore Railroad, which took locals up to San Francisco and back in the early 20th century, did include a stop here. Today, the Coastside Land Trust owns much of what used to be the town. The only structure still standing, or leaning really, looks to me like a wooden barn. Up the road a ways from the cemetery, it's believed by some to be one of two schools built in Parissima, but nobody knows for sure. And the five-acre cemetery, I know bigger than you might expect given the diminutive size of the town, was acquired by Ed Bixby of the Steelmantown Cemetery Company, which has provided natural burials on the site for a number of years, having cleared away enough poison oak to make space for them and provide visitors clear paths around the old gravestones, too. Rachel Myro, thank you so much for that story. What did Julia, the question asker, have to say about it? Learning about the Waffle Baron <laughs> was was my favorite thing. Um, and that he, like, owned so much of it. Like, his own little, I don't know, fiefdom. That story was reported by KQED's Rachel Myro. Thanks to KQED's Carlos Cabrera Lomeli for his help in putting this story together, and Julia Tholog for asking the question. If you've got a question you'd like the Bay Curious team to answer, send it our way at baycurious.org. We've got a link to our submission form in our show notes as well. Bay Curious is made in San Francisco at member-supported KQED. Our show is produced by Katrina Schwartz, Brendan Willard, Amanda Font, and me, Olivia Allen Price. Darren, too, is our social video intern. Have a good one. Hi, Bay Curious listeners. Are you ready to play May's trivia game? 
Every month, we read a question here at the end of our episode. You can give us your answers over at our website, kqed.org slash baycurious, or just click the link in the episode description. Out of the correct answers, we'll randomly choose one lucky winner to receive a cool prize package with Bay Curious swag and Sierra Nevada goodies. Okay, our question for the month is, the world's longest-running pillow fighting contest was held from 1966 to 2006 in what Bay Area town? Our trivia quiz is made possible by Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Good luck! Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest, and I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio, it was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support.